I had to first uh, re realize what I could, what I was doing that was giving you a negative about me that I didn't love you yeah. or had any, had no, no care about you. That, that for me was hard. I'm like, oh, how could that even happen? But I had to look at myself. Well, how have I been responding? How have I been available? How have I nurtured this relationship? You know, especially we're family. And to me, a family is is a, a should be a close relationship. I know it's not for everybody, and I'm still working on some of those areas of my family that have kind of slipped away. But I desire to have that closeness again. So that was the first thing, and that was me, because I get to control how I respond to my family members, the people that God has put around my life, my friends, my neighbors, whatever. So that's just about me. I can't expect everyone else to change so that they can, right. I can like them or interact with them or whatever. So that was the first thing, was figuring out how I was putting off a vibe that was uh, not approachable. Um, and that was hard for me to really. Hey everybody, it's Monday again, and here we are back at you, bright and early. Hey, I'm Tina Frank, and I'm here with my co-host, the fabulous Bonnie Violet. Hi everyone, Bonnie Violet here. I'm a transgender uh, queer drag queen, and I'm excited uh, to be here today. Um, I just wanted to make a little announcement. Um, I want to apologize for folks um, who are watching us live last week. Um, you, you got bumped off, and we're sorry about that. Um, I was trying a new thing with the video with the music and it kicked you off. So we won't do that again. <laughs> um, and for folks who are listening to us on a podcast, I wanted to also let you know that um, we are live every Monday at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on all of our social medias for Tina Frank, Bonnie Violet and a queer chaplain. Um, so that's why. Um, and so if you have questions for us that you want to give to us live, you can free feel free to watch us um, as we um, do our podcast. Yay. So awesome, awesome. <clears throat> so, so winding up a good weekend. We're kind of on a holiday day, at least we are here. Mm -hmm. So what what do you think you want to address today? Well, when I went live, I said, um, the healing begins. That's how I titled it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know we were we were playing with like, is it reconciliation? Is it peace? Yeah, is it yeah. um all these sorts of things? And so that's kind of where I landed. Um okay. so I I wanted to, I thought it would be great to kind of talk about like, so what was it that allowed us to start being in, in, um, in like conversation? Like for me, what was the thing that kind of clicked for me and also for you um, uh, in kind of like deciding to open up? And um, I, um, so um, many of you know, I was infected with HIV um, like 20 years, 22 years ago now, which is wow. wild. Cause wow. We are not that, that old. <laughs> I know. Right. It's crazy. We are not that old. I was, I was 19 when I got infected. So I was young. Um, but um, so uh, at the 20 year anniversary of, um, of that, uh, the day, the night I knew I, I knew when I got infected, it was Labor Day weekend. Um, because I had only had one opportunity to get infected with HIV. And so mm -hmm. I decided that I was going to go to Phoenix and um, be there for 
Labor Day weekend. Um, and I know I knew my aunt there and I knew my cousins and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to stay with them. My goal was actually to meet with the individual who had, who I had contracted HIV from. Um, I had never spoke with him before about it. Um, and I just kind of wanted, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it might be nice. So I went out there to do that. Why did you, why do you, why do you think you waited so long to have that conversation with him? Well, I know for me initially, um, I, again, I think it was like a reoccurring thing is like, I don't want to confirm the worst. Um, I think I didn't want to know that he knew ahead of time and didn't tell me Mm. or like there was some sort of intention to infect. And so I just didn't, I just didn't, I just didn't couldn't have the conversation. I was also just really petrified of even having the disease because we still kind of like hung out as far as like socially. Um, but I never brought it up to him. I did oh, have wow. the health. I had the health department reach out to him to let him know that somebody he's been in contact with has tested positive for HIV so that he could get tested and do that sort of thing. But as far as him and I having the conversation, we never did. And we like became friends on Facebook, like maybe five or six years ago. Um, but we've still never actually had that conversation. And when I reached out to him, he never replied. Um oh about getting together. So, but that wasn't really, I don't think that was the reason why I was in Phoenix anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I stayed with Chantelle, your daughter. And um, some of what I wanted to do was kind of reconnect with what my life was like 20 years ago. Um, And so I really wanted to go to our old church, um, the river of life church, (laughs) Um, which I, which was the church that I left once I got my diagnosis uh, with HIV. And so you said you would, um, you would take me. Um, I hadn't been around you all in a while and I hadn't been dressing um, like I'm in drag right now for folks who like may not understand all that. So I'm in drag, but also I'm a transgender queer. So I kind of wear, I guess, female or feminine kind of clothing often. Um, For me, a wig and makeup makes makeup like this makes it drag. Um, And maybe like just some of the extra pieces. But um, at that time in my life, I also had a beard. Um, I had a beard for all of my 30s. um, And um, uh, like, just before shelter in place, I think a couple months, I decided to shave my beard. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I had a beard um, when I was there. And I stayed with Chantel. And I remember it was time to go. It was Sunday morning. It was time to go to church. And I like wanted to wear what I wanted to wear. And so like I had this little like sundress, this little sundress on with like the the shoulders were showing. And I had like some little heels, like wedge heels on Mm -hmm. like boots kind of things. And then I had some rhinestones on my face and probably some earrings going on. (laughs) And, uh, I remember talking with your daughter and being like, I, is she going to be okay with this? Can I wear this? Like, is this something I can wear to church? Is your mom going to freak out? Um, I just don't know. And she's like, mom's not going to care. Like mom's cool. Like she don't care, like whatever. (laughs) And I was just like, I don't know, you know, cause I still had you in my mind of that, you know, the person who thought I was going to hell. Um, Well, I'm so glad that my daughter knew that. (laughs) Oh yeah. She was just like, she's like, no, my mom don't care. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And then, um, and then sure, sure, sure stuff. You like showed up and you opened the door and you were like, Hey, how's it going? Gave me a hug and was like, let's go. And, you know, and we like hopped in the car and headed over to church. And I was just like, Oh, 
okay, this is happening. Cause I was still anxious too, you know, like just yeah. not even just about around you, but also now I'm going to church as a bearded lady, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I wonder how uh, people are going to respond. And we were driving over and I remember we got just to the church. The church was now in a new location. and Yeah, yeah. I had to find it online. I was trying to find it all over the place. <laughs> right. And so it was a little bit smaller as far as the congregation. Mm-hmm. And I believe the son is now the pastor. Is that right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember we were getting there and we were almost like to park. And, or, and we, maybe we did park. But I remember you placing your hand on my knee um, and saying, now, Dwayne, I do not know how these people are going to respond to you, but I want you to know that I'm here for you. So if you want to stay, we'll stay. If you want to go, we'll go. And um, that was just like the most perfect thing you could have said to me in that moment because I, I wasn't expecting it, but I think it just gave me a little bit more energy to go in there. And then we met up with your youngest daughter, Charlie, mm-hmm. and her family. And that was, I feel like that was, I've met them in the periphery again. Um, but I, I felt like that was almost like my first time meeting them, um, yeah. even well, though it I wasn't. Think, was that the first time you met Charlie's husband? Yeah, I believe okay. it was the first time I met her husband. And the yeah. kids were much younger when I had met them yeah. before. Um, and so then we all like went into the church and everyone was like really um, nice. Like I got like, greeted a couple of times like I almost got like yeah. over greeted um and I was like still really nervous but it was really it just felt like I just kept getting these cues I like mm-hmm. you know the universe god whatever just kept telling me you're good I got you this is like this is where you need to be like move forward and so um I was just I so I just kept going you know and we we, we sat in a pew um and the pews were a little weird in the sense that I would, it was, there was like, there was like a hole in the middle of like the back rows. I don't know. It was just an interesting setup. Yeah. And yeah. I was on one corner, you were on the other end. Um, I don't remember how everyone else was sitting, but I just remember where you were and where I was and we were up singing and um, like doing all that stuff, worship, um, yeah. praise and worship. Yeah. And um, uh, I was trying to like get into it, but feeling a little uncomfortable and, I got this like little tap on my, on my elbow um, from behind. And I was like, Oh, and I, as I looked behind, there was um, an older black woman um, who was just like beaming. She was just smiles and she pointed at the, the rhinestones on my face. And then she pointed at the, like the glitter and rhinestones on her shirt and was just like, yeah, you know, like totally like vibing, I guess. And then she was, uh, she goes, she, and then the song was like, um, a song where you say you're blessed, I'm blessed, the world's blessed. I mean, we're blessing everything, you know, uh-huh. and she was, she was saying it directly to me. I was saying it to her and it was just like this magical moment. I think you were crying. Yeah. I felt like, yeah. I felt like you were crying to yeah. the side. Um, and, um, and then it was just like, I, I mean, I felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And I felt like that was like God just saying, girl, I got you. Um, you're fine. And I felt like I was, I felt like she was representing someone for me, which was God. Yeah. Um, and um, I felt like I represented somebody for her. Like, I felt like I was somebody in her life that maybe she wished was there with her that wasn't mm. for like whatever reason. 
Um, and it, it just felt like this really magical moment that you couldn't have, like we couldn't have set it up, um, no. but, it, but it just, it just happened. And it was, yeah. it was beautiful. Um, and then that, I mean, that was into that at least. Um, were, how, how did you, were you surprised when you saw me as like a bearded lady? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Cause I, well, you and I had had a few conversations, I think mm-hmm. before then, and I wouldn't want you to misrepresent who you are um, in, in that situation. I was worried though for you. Um, and that's, and that's something that God's working with me through that just because I'm concerned about it doesn't mean I should be. But yeah, I was, I was worried. And cause we went to a, uh, a church that was in essence new for both of us because mm-hmm. I hadn't been back to that church in probably 20 years either. Cause I didn't stay at that church. So I didn't know what to expect, you know, I, and I was, I had been preparing myself that how, what was I going to do if I had to defend you? Um, and amongst all these, all these strangers. So yeah. having um, Charlie and Dustin there, uh, they wanted to spend time with you, Charlie, especially and the kids, um, was my kind of, <laughs> this sounds horrible. I know it sounds like this is my making sure that I wasn't the only one there defending you in case we mm-hmm. needed to rally around you so that we could, we could do it when you do. And yeah. praise God, just a good reminder when all that played out that, that um, God is your defender, Dwayne. You don't need me to defend you. Just like he's yeah. my defender and, and you don't need to defend me. And we just need to be the people that God created us to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's helpful to have people that got your back, though. You know, oh, that you know oh, yeah, are, yeah. are, <laughs> are <For> there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's funny because, you know, Dustin's big and tall and, and not a mm-hmm. little guy. And Charlie's, Charlie's tall and, and uh, not, not very scared of people. So I'm like, okay, right, yeah. <laughs> We had a bodyguards. <laughs> I don't know what I expected people to do. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, were they going to like kick me out? Were they not going to let me in? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. It is, no, isn't that funny? Now we talked a few weeks ago about perceptions. Mm-hmm. And isn't that funny how we both had a, a perception that wasn't love, either one of us. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and we made an assumption that this could potentially be negative. Mm-hmm. And like I said, what would they, what would they have done? Cause they could have said, Oh, you can't come in to the building or, you know, whatever, but yeah, but yeah I'm know. sure it wouldn't have been an alter, altercation, but I just, I don't know when I was, I was excited to have you come. I wanted you to um, be able to have a positive experience before the Lord. I knew mm-hmm. that God wanted you to have an opportunity to be before the Lord in the present, in a church setting. And um, I didn't know these, no, you know, yeah. I didn't know. So I'm like, I'm just going to do what I can to be prepared for the worst case scenario. I'm a, I'm a prepare for the worst and hope for the best person. Right. So I was preparing for the worst and praying <laughs> for the best. And it, and God met us right there where we were at. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, in, uh, after, after church, we went and ate and did all that fun stuff. Um, but I also, um, uh, part of my trip was to do like forgiveness ritual mm-hmm. or like prayer and so while everyone was away, I was at Chantel's and I did like a forgiveness prayer or it was something my sponsor uh, helped me with because I really wanted to just forgive like a lot of things. I wanted to f- like, I don't know, but I did like this little forgiveness thing. It was a thing. It was cute. It was like whatever. I don't even know if I could really recall exactly what it was, um, but I did it. And then um, the other thing for me is um, I think the other thing 
like so so that was part i felt like that was a way of you showing me that you were there for me and you telling me mm-hmm. that you loved me and all that sort of stuff and i will I, for me that was i felt it and i oh, i was God. just um and i almost felt shitty about it you know like i because i even talked with you about it um on the way to the airport um later because I stayed for like a week or so, but um, we were headed to the airport. And uh, that's when I like made an apology to you. I was like, we were riding over there and I was like, you know, Tina, um, I feel really bad because I thought so poorly of like you and how you were going to respond to to who I was and how I am. And and that just was not my experience. Like you, you and your family just like embraced me and I just had like a really great time. And um, I feel bad that I thought that about you. And and you also then said, um, at least this was my recollection, you had said, um, and well, one, you told me I didn't need to apologize um, because there might've been a time. Cause I also, I think I acknowledged that why did it take so long? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you said, well, mm-hmm. I I got the thought that maybe at a different time in our life, it wouldn't have worked out that way. Hey y'all, it's me again, Bonnie Violet. I just wanted to take a second and thank my Patreon members. Patreon members are folks who contribute on a monthly basis, anywhere from $3 to $150 a month to support the work of a queer chaplain. Big shout out to Victoria Thompson, Jason Brandt, Brandon Stanton, Kim Silva, Brandy McCarg, Randy Sandnot, Bob Kaiser, Joey Huckmeister, Violet Rhiannon, Gabriel, Jonathan, Patrick, and Todd Atkins-Whitley. Thank you so much for your continued contributions. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, just check the link in the description. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bonnie Violet. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Potentially. Um, I mean, we're, we're different people here 20 years later. Right. And, and over, over time and, and over life experience, I just believe that God's timing is always perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just feel like that we were created for a time such as this. Yeah. So that we can share our experience. So, so, so yeah, I, I think that the timing was, was perfect. And, it, you know, looking back on it, I feel sad that it, it took me or us, however we want to put it, this long. Mm-hmm. to be open to steps or to be able to reciprocate and to recognize mm-hmm. someone reach out to me versus, you know, whatever else we could have, we could have thought. So, yeah. I just, I don't think I would, I, I wish, I, I think I would have liked to be ready sooner, but I don't know that I was. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't think I I, yeah, I don't know. Cause I remember also when I, I described to you how I was scared of coming and you, you made the comment of like, and you, and you came anyway, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I didn't realize how, I guess, courageous maybe that was. I know we were talking about courage earlier yeah. on in the week. Um, and um, like, I was like, Oh shit. I was like, Oh yeah. It was a big deal for me to come anyway, you yeah. know, like to, to just like um, to be afraid maybe, um, maybe think the worst, which is what I typically do, <laughs> but, but kind of still move forward anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, doing mm-hmm. things afraid 
Ay, ay, ay. It's, it's really a step of bravery and a step of courage. So yeah, that, that was a huge step. And had you not taken that step, who knows how long there yeah. would have been? Who, who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, so, it, that was a total God, you know, like to me that that was a God thing. And absolutely like, it was. Yeah, totally. And then, and then, but I think the other thing that we did after that was, is that we, you know, we committed to stay in relationship with each other yep, um, and to really try to figure out, okay, we live in different states. We have very different lives, but how can we like, like build on this relationship? Um, right. And so we committed to just call call each other like once a week. Yep. Yep. Um, and we did it. We've done it pretty steadily. Um, yeah, we have, we've had a few, few mishaps, but yeah. I mean, we're both we're both just committed to this relationship, and we've also not limited ourselves to talking points. Yeah. So that's what true relationship is. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed it. You know, it hasn't been like not work. It's like yeah, hey, I, get to call, I get to call Tina. You know, like yeah. Um, I don't know. I've just really enjoyed our time. Um, the last couple of years, uh, I wanted to acknowledge. Um, we've we've had some hellos. Hi, Lizzie um, and Kathy. Lizzie and Kathy, yeah. say hi to you, Tina. Yay. And Lizzie's my, my good friend here in Arizona. And Kathy is actually an extended relative for both of us. Oh, hey. At, hi, Kathy. Out of, uh, out of North Dakota. So I noticed the brothers. Cousin Jean, yeah, by way of Cousin Jean. Yeah. Fantastic. And Armani, uh, thank you for saying I look amazing. Yes. <laughs> it's good to see you, Armani. Hope you're doing well. Um, and then there is a comment here. Would you, I'll bring it up and then would you like to read it? Oh yeah. Oh, that's from my friend Anita. She's in Washington state and she says, great video. We have to expect, accept who God created us to be and surrounded and be surrounded with love. Jesus gave us unconditional love. I love you, Tina, with your abundant love for everyone. You really are the chosen one. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. so nice to say. May you flourish in your journey, leading everyone to our loving father. His arms are always there to welcome us. He invites us. Come, you all. Thank you for sharing. Thanks, Nita. That was very nice. Thanks so much, Nanita. Um, yeah, that's a blessing. <laughs> that is a blessing. It's, oh, my goodness. And it's I, these are folks that I don't always see. I'm, I mean, I, we're online a little bit, but I don't ever get to see them in, in live time. So that's awesome. Right. IRL. <laughs> we don't see too many people in real life anymore. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. That is very true. And um, as always, you know, audience or listeners, you're welcome to um, ask questions at any point in time. Um, Tina and I both are very willing to answer probably most anything. If we're not comfortable, we'll tell you. But one of the reasons why we're really wanting to do this is that, you know, we've seen so many families or like we hear about so many families yeah, just yeah. kind of like not talking anymore and canceling each other. And we, we want it. We've we've experienced something different and our hope is to help other people see that there, there could be a different response to your, your parents, different political views or religious affiliation right. or right. whatever. Absolutely. <clears throat> and we know that all families have challenges and, and uh, it breaks my heart when I hear people say, Oh, I don't talk to my, my mom anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I haven't heard from my sister or cousin or whatever for for months and months and months so that makes me sad my my our hope is that um 
families will start to communicate again, start to come back together again, and and really find that foundation that they were born into initially. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What 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 do you think it is that's um, because there are family members that I I haven't been able to have this sort of like connection with or conversation mm -hmm. with. What would you say has made this possible? Like, why does this work? Uh, well, I think because we've been able to look past our own agendas, our own, what we consider to be right, wrong, appropriate, whatever. Um, because for me to impose what I think is right or wrong or appropriate on you is not, is not love. Mm -hmm. And for you to do it to me is equally not love. So I, I think a lot of that is just acceptance, um, realizing that we can't control it. So, uh, you know, I don't, I can't control you just like you can't control me and we shouldn't want to, but for me to say, oh, no, you can't do that. Or you can't take that job or you can't live in that mm -hmm. place or, or you shouldn't do this or that or the other. That's not for me to say. Right. It often, I think it often comes, it often comes from a place of, of like, of wanting to be helpful. It's like, none of us is like wanting to cause harm. I was talking with another right. family earlier on this week and we we're kind of talking about family secrets and like things that people don't talk about. Um, yeah. like everybody knows, but you're not talking about it. And then um, we're like, and there was just kind of like this being hurt by that. Like I was hurt that we didn't talk about this or we pretended like it didn't happen. And then, but then, then it was like, yeah, but that wasn't their intention. Like they weren't yeah. trying to harm us. They were actually trying to, protect us right they were trying right. to keep right. information from us that they thought was like, too Wonderful. hard to handle yeah 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 all right so we then, got a couple more comments there you go yes do you want to read this one too no go ahead all right so from kimberly um, in idaho um, i love that the two of you are sharing others showing others how truly healing it can be to just communicate share your experiences and know that we are all here to love and be loved. Life really is short and losing any time with our loved ones is too much. Thank you both for doing this. Thank you, Kim. You're a regular uh, listener and I love getting to talk to you between shows too. Uh, it's awesome. been really great. And did you say she's from Idaho? Yeah, she's in Idaho. Mm -hmm. oh, awesome. Yeah, I got to speak with her earlier in the week and she was saying that, um, so I met her through working at Alpha um, okay. the, the HIV AIDS organization that mm -hmm. I had um, started. Um, and she got it. She actually shared this with me, which I wasn't, I, I don't think she would care that I shared this, but <laughs> she shared with me that she had kind of decided she's working in marketing now. And that part of her experience at alpha really kind of like um, sparked that in her. Oh, um, that's amazing. To get into the marketing field. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so of course I asked her for some little tips, tips and hints on what we could do. <laughs> <laughs> for marketing, yes. To let folks know more about this. Um, so, I mean, and, and speaking of that, we'd love it if folks who are listening, you know, f don't feel like, I know this is an intimate conversation and it feels like this is like, I don't know, like you're you're jumping into a very like intimate conversation and you are, but feel like we, we want, we're comfortable with you sharing it to your friend group or other groups that you're a part of. Um, we really want um, folks to, I don't know if people can, um, I mean, I think for you and I, it's part of like, part of my spirituality is, and part of my spiritual beliefs is to be of service. And I believe the only thing I have to offer 
other people is just my experience. Um, yeah. And so this is a way of me being able to be of service and to show gratitude for um, the experience that God and my spiritual life has afforded me, um, yeah. you know? I, I agree with you. I, 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 we're, we decided um, that we wanted to be open with one another and we wanted to be open with the community around us. So I, I, I think we are more than happy to share. We're more than happy to field questions. If someone's struggling, trying to make a connection with someone, we're, we're happy to put our two cents in if you, if you want it. Um, we're happy to encourage you. Um, sometimes I think you just need a cheerleader on the sidelines cheering you on, and we're, we're happy to do that for you. So mm-hmm. feel free to share us, reach out, um, whatever it is you'd like, like to do. Yeah, comments, so, whatever, yeah, you know. Um, oh, it's Kathy again. She needed to hear this today. That's good. All right. Yay, and Kim was okay with me saying that <laughs> I inspired her to do marketing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kim. I, I didn't think it was a, too big of a secret, but uh, <laughs> glad that you're on here. Glad that you're in my awesome. life, too. That's awesome. That's All cool. Right. It's cool to hear from from people that you haven't heard from in a while. And this week, I've had a, a couple people that I haven't heard from or got to actually have conversation with, um, have a have a conversation because of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of some questions about about what we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, you know, the the feedback that they're they're giving us on if they appreciate it. Um, that's been all very encouraging. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Thank you guys for reaching out to us, even though we haven't had a, a communication in a long time. But I, I feel like, um, I, I don't know, I feel like maybe there is something about what we're learning together that might be uh, viable for people around us. So that encourages me. So I'm grateful for that. I'm afraid there's some extra, can you hear some noise? I'm going to close my window real quick. Yeah, I can hear. And it. remove myself so you don't see what I'm wearing below oh. my chest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here we are. So Lizzie, it looks like you're getting ready to move here soon. I saw you uh, yard selling all of your things. Here's a... There we go. Did you get rid of your noise? I, don't, I can't hear it now. Yeah, I did. I just had to close the window. It's, it's just so hot. But oh, okay. it was a poor choice for me to leave my window open <laughs> when we went live. <laughs> so funny. I was caught. That's funny. Right, so Kim, Kim has another. I didn't read through it all completely. Do you want to read it, Tina? Uh, sure. It says, my middle sister's youngest son is openly gay. However, our entire family is in the dark about this because she is afraid how they will react. How can I help them both? I don't want anyone in our family to feel less than or be hidden, etc. He has moved to the East Coast, and the family hasn't connected with him for about five years. Mm. Is it is, have they not connected because of his position, or do I understand that correctly? That nobody knows. It sounds like it's something that folks don't know um, that they're afraid to have the conversation because of how the family will react. So I wonder if he just left just to make sure that. No one would know. Yeah. Um, well, for for me, the thing that comes to mind is, you know, I think sometimes we just have to know our place 
like not and not not just in the sense of like I think the one some of the best things you can do is support your support your younger sister and and her son in some way if you have connections with him just to like just be in communication with them as if things were the same maybe even be willing to you know with your youngest um well is openly gay however are yeah so it's it sounds like you know just having an opportunity to be able to talk to folks about it just might be what you can do for them it may take some time um yeah. and you were confirming that that they don't know um so the rest of the family doesn't know um <clears throat> yeah i mean i i mean i it, it really it's best if it comes from him um and or sometimes mom you know i was uh go ahead i was gonna i was gonna say you know one thing i've i've always sold short is our ability to just come alongside someone and let them know that you care about what they're going through because even though there may not be something physically tangibly happening to them emotionally they're both going through something um and so i think come alongside your sister and your nephew if you're able to and just say, hey, um, I can appreciate where you're at. And I just want to encourage you. Um, this, Whatever you think may be happening, I think this, that you're both amazing. And when you're ready to tell the family, then I, I'll be there with you. And I'll be your, your cheerleader. And I'll be your liaison. I'll go there. I'll, I'll bring a voice of reason. Um, yeah. You know, as long as the son and the mom are doing okay, I think I would just take that approach to just encourage them both where they're at and encourage them to... Um, give the family an opportunity. You know, Dwayne spent a lot of time not even giving us an opportunity to respond to him. And so that might be something you may want to share that your family may do exactly what you think they're going to do, but they may not. Yeah. And if we prayerfully move forward and and uh, take the, the risks little by little with someone alongside us, I think it makes it much easier. Yeah. And not not everybody deserves to know your truth. Um, if the, if you know, like, the, cause there are people that do respond not well and are not kind. Um, and so yeah. I think it's important just like with any truth or anything that we might feel is a vulnerability or might cause some sort of conflict with people that it's, it's, you know, you don't have to tell everyone and not everyone deserves to know it. Um, and I think part of that is, is some, is like, I don't know, not everybody necessarily needs to know, um, unless it's something that you know, that he wants, um, you know, I had a, um, a friend of mine, Maya, um, sh she's in um, Chicago, and she was sharing a story actually earlier this week on a video I was watching that, um, you know, she and she's a trans woman, and she ended up getting invited to or there was a death in the family. And um, so, so she had to go to a funeral. And not everybody knew that she had transitioned. So she was like, a new person uh, to everyone. And um, she was saying like, there were whispers and there were this and that. And it was just like, there was this thing going on. And then she said her mom just like, just shut the whole room up <laughs> and told everybody, you know what? This is my new daughter. Her name is Esmeralda. Um, and you are going, you know, like basically just said like, love her. Like I, she's my daughter, treat her as if she's my daughter, that's enough. Like, yeah. don't be crazy. <laughs> and yeah. so um, I think that's a moment where maybe somebody did. I know that she loved that her mother did that. Um, yeah. 
that wasn't something she asked her mother to do directly, but her mother in some way knew that that was what she needed to do for her child at that moment. <clears throat> but okay. I think being, being a sister or being an aunt um, is just kind of to try to just be as you were, as you always were yeah. um, with them. Yeah. And I know you, Kim, I know you're a great support to, to those two folks. That's awesome. Um, That's half and, the battle. That's half the yeah. battle. And there's, there are a lot of stories out there of like people who are, who did come out and did have good experiences. Um, and those can often sometimes be helpful to see as well, just to know that there, there are, there's more than one response um, for right. people to have in you uh, sharing that you're gay or lesbian or trans or, or really whatever it is that you feel like sets you apart or makes you different from what people might've, how people might've saw you once before. Yeah. Um, and Kim says, I love the perspective you both bring to this. Thank you so much. I just want to be supportive. And I think it bothers my sister more than it does him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably, <laughs> So it seems like maybe the sisters, the sisters, the one that needs your hugs. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder, um, and I don't know if we want to open up this can of worms, but maybe. Um, I think sometimes people think that uh, things can be a reflection on them. I yeah. I, I grew up in a generation where um, they wanted us to behave a certain way, um, or it made them look bad. And, and it wasn't just our, our sexuality. It was, it was just all things. You know, when you go to someone's house, you need to sit and be still and you don't touch anything because it makes us look bad. You know what I mean? Or, right. or you don't do this or that. And I wonder if there's maybe a little bit of that going on. And maybe there's a perception. Um, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Maybe there's a perception or a change that can take place in your, in your sister's uh, heart or life that can give her the opportunity to be free of that. Cause if her son um, really doesn't care and is free of to be who God's created him to be, then um, maybe she can let loose of that and, and allow him the room that he needs to really experience the fullness of that. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think a lot of parents, you know, when you have, I've never had kids, so I don't know, but I've heard this a lot that like when, I think when parents have kids, they have this idea of what, what kind of child they'll have and what their child will do and I think maybe once they are a little different than they thought, um, yeah. they have to kind of grieve that loss. Um, especially, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think every parent does that, but I've heard some parents talk about that. So it almost seems like you're losing uh, what you thought of something before. Um, but I do think there's like that idea of like how, the, the thing I want to say is, I think a lot of parents or people, they've only seen one or two narratives about what it Mm -hmm. means to be gay. So especially if you're living in like rural, rural America or, or non-urban settings that you maybe have only have narratives of what you've seen on TV or what you've heard of this or that. I know like many people here when their child says I'm gay, especially if they say I'm a gay man, they hear you're going to get AIDS, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because that was such a like, common narrative I think it's less and less you know now but I know for me and a lot of the people in my generation when they were coming out to their Mormon parents or to anyone really a lot of their parents were responses were like oh my god you're going to get AIDS and that was almost what they said 
mm. first because it was just like a, a knee jerk reaction. So I think parents just, it's a hard life to be, to be gay, to be queer, to be whatever. It's, 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 it's against this. It's not the status quo. So you're going to have, you're just going to have a different experience with life. And I don't think our parents want us to suffer in any way. Um, I agree. And I think that's, they, they want to protect us from that or protect you from that. So I, I think that's good insight. Yeah. Even as your adults, we still want to protect you. You know, mm-hmm. that's why it's hard not to want to control those situations. <laughs> and it's why it's so important that we have to give room. You know, um, I'll just take one step further and I'll, I'll be still. But I, I think we discount the um, accountability piece or the potential of growth based on I don't want to say friction because I don't want people fighting, but I, when we come up against uh, something that's different than who we are, it challenges us to either stand firm in what we are or to to ex- have a different experience. And so if I never allow my kids to have anything that, that rubs against them wrong or that irritates them or whatever, they're never going to have an experience on how to, one, how to deal with that when it happens because it's going to eventually happen. Mm-hmm. And, and two, uh, when that happens, how to be open to the person who's bringing it so that you can grow from it. And because I think when those encounters, it, we can grow from that on both sides. And so mm-hmm. I, I call it accountability. Some people call it other things, but I call it accountability because I think accountability is where we're, we're in our sweet spot. Because I don't ever want to be the same today as I was yesterday. I want to be more kind. I want to be more generous. I want to be able to love at a higher capacity. I want to be able to impact people in a way that brings out all those good things in them too. And if I, I want to, I want to get more skilled in that every single day. The only way I can do that is to have people that uh, irritate me more often in my life. I mean, think about it, that the best way to overcome an irritation is to expose yourself to it until it doesn't irritate you anymore. Right. So I, I, I just feel like we need to stop running interference Mm-hmm. for the people that we love and with our hearts right but but the outcome is not what it would should be right. it's not according to to god's plan yeah what well, i mean and, and people change just like i changed my parents mm-hmm. changed i know that sometimes yeah. i have a really hard time seeing them as different than i saw them as like as a teenager and yeah. i think i think and and in my experience like with my family you know me telling my family I have HIV or I was gay, I, it was on the same day. <laughs> but oh. like, you yeah. know, like um, they, my parent, my family is, are they're really loving and they really care about me and they're super okay. supportive, but they didn't always respond the best way initially. You know, I was married to a man and my father didn't go to our wedding. Yeah. But, you know, months later, when that man was, my ex-husband was fighting for my care in the hospital when I had meningitis and the way that my husband fought for me, my dad was like, that's all I ever wanted for you. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't get, I remember he was, he drove to San Francisco to see me at the end of a tour. This was years ago. Um, ago. (laughs) Yeah. And we were in the car and we were driving back. I think we were driving back to Idaho and it was me, my ex-husband, Travis and my mom and my dad. And Travis was asleep and my dad, told, he shared me that with me. He's like, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand your sex. Like, I don't understand how you're like, you can be gay or like whatever. But what I do understand is that like you two are in love and the way that he takes care of you 
is all I've ever wanted for you. And, you know, he then Mm -hmm. brought Travis into, you know, into the fold as his, as a son of his, you know, I mean, my, my parents were just as devastated when we decided to um, not be together anymore as, 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 you know, I, or, or my ex-husband was, I mean, my parents, I talked to them about it when I decided to leave, you know, I actually had a conversation with them that I was going to be leaving my husband before I actually talked with my husband about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, so, so it just, you know, like, I think sometimes people just need time and we, we yeah. rob, we rob people, you know, we just, you know, I think if my dad, I think my dad would have went to my wedding if I didn't get married so soon. However, I don't need to dictate my life. Like, I don't need to make choices in my life to make you feel a certain way or to allow you time, you know, like I got to live my life um, right. regardless of how anyone else is going to respond. Because if you have an issue with me being gay, that's your issue. That's not my issue. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's your issue. Um, not mine. Whereas most of my life I've taken on is like, that's my issue. Well, if I wasn't blah, 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 if I wasn't gay, if I wasn't trans, then there wouldn't be this conflict. Like I could just show up and wear what I want and it would, you know what I mean? I, if I yeah. just, whatever. Um, yeah. So I think it's an interesting balance um, of figuring that out and safety. There, there, there truly are times yeah. that it's not safe. So. Yeah. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. There's yeah. I can imagine. And then uh, Kim is, Kim, Kim is responding to Tina. She, she says, yes, Tina, our parents were from the generation you just described. I think she doesn't want anyone to say anything negative or make her feel bad for who he is, which by the way, he is amazing. And I honestly don't think our family would ever shun him at all. My 88 year old dad come came a long way to be very accepting. He loves his grandchildren and good point on the HIV AIDS concern. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there are a lot I don't know. I think people are a lot better than we give them credit for. <laughs> I think you're right. But you know, it's hard when you're in the middle of this circumstance, and especially when it's been um, elevated because of the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. It, it's really hard to see past all that, and yeah. to you're too busy in survival mode to give anyone else an opportunity to um, receive you. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Todd has a comment here. Um, hi, Todd. Todd is a is a reverend. He's a pastor. He says, "Quote: We rob people of the opportunity to be graceful. I wonder, and I and we rob ourselves of the opportunity to be graceful to ourselves." Yes, it's a good insight. Yep. Like, Go ahead. Like had, it looks like he had a second comment. I mean, sometimes it takes people time. And yes, sometimes patience isn't something queer folks can afford for their own safety. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, like you do you, boo. Like <laughs> you do you do what you need to do to um, live life to the mm-hmm. fullest that you can, you know? And that's going to look, everyone's way of living is going to look different. Um, and, and it can change. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be that way forever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like, you know, I feel like nowadays a lot of younger 
younger folks coming out isn't that, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal and they're coming out much younger and all these sorts of things. Um, and like, I could have moments of thinking like, oh, I wish I would have done this sooner or that, right. but it doesn't, I don't know. It, it couldn't, it didn't happen that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You just have to take life one, one moment at a time. Every, every encounter one at a time. And, you know, I found that um, if I can determine who I am, if I can determine who I am, and, and uh, I think there's a, an inset, um, I don't know what I'm trying to, trying to say, there's a seed that's planted in us for our potential, for our wholeness, for um, our purpose. And, and if we can just retract enough from the culture and from all the things that's dictating to us enough so that we can meditate on that. And meditate on okay, who am I am? Who am I? You know what's what's important to me? What where what is the the dream that I have in me that's so big that I can hardly imagine it? Mm-hmm. You know if we can focus on those things as all these things because the world's going to happen around us either way, and step out solid in that or at least a good foundation of that, mm-hmm. and then we those of us who want to walk in love, who want to really live out kindness and joy and peace to come alongside one another and to be cheerleaders for one another as we take those steps. And as we grow and as we go deeper and deeper and deeper, I think that's where we're going to start to see victories in some of these areas. And we're going to start to see where people can be who they want to be. And I think that there's people out there taking on personas right now that aren't really who they are. There's such an effort to try to uh, belong, to try to find a place to fit, that feels so distant and outside of their life that they're trying to find a place in culture and it's stealing from them that, that peace, that joy, that underlying uh, potential that they have within them. And yeah. so I really don't, and that's in every, every gamut. So I just want to find us, I, I want to be part of building a place where people can be who they are, who are seeking and looking for the potential and the reason they were created and with a desire for wholeness. And I think if we can look past some of these other things and just love one another in that way, I think we'll have an opportunity then to see change. Yeah. I, it feels like it's part of the process though, you know, like, like claiming your identity. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's a big, like, I think for me, that's been a really big part and an identity, you know, it's, it's helped me, but mm-hmm. it's also, it's also not like the truth of me and it never was. So I never quite felt like I fit exactly because I thought to be this, I would have a, all of this comes with it. And the truth of it is, is none, none of us are like each other. And just mm-hmm. because we have the same sexual identity, the same race, the same gender, the same religion does not mean that we have the same perspectives, the same, I mean, our experiences are definitely different. But I think that's um, the thing that becomes challenging because we still live in a world in which identity is very, like you said, that's the culture, right? It's like mm-hmm. identity is kind of like how we can feel, I think, initially safe or connected to people um, without having that conversation to really like connect with an individual, which I think in the long run sells us short. But I, mm-hmm. But there's also like, I don't know. It's just, I think if there's like the want to push it, but there's also yeah. a reason why things are that way. Um. Well, it, going back to our conversation about life versus culture, 
you know, we have to press into life. And, and I believe that that's the creator. Um, and if we press into that, some of these other things are going to are, are fall into place, but some of these other things are going to fall away. And there, we, all, we do have to live within the culture on us, but the hard part, I think, for all of us is, no matter what your gender is or what your sexual preference is, is that not allowing the culture of the day dictate the mm-hmm. essence of the life that we have, the purpose that we have, and, and the wholeness that we, we pursue. And I think all those things come from that 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 time that you spend um, from with God, mm-hmm. our Creator. Right. Well, I think, but I think, I think the thing that's also important is to is to not just do what church says to do. That's exactly you know, right. You know, because church is of the world. It's you know, there's like you know, like it's it can be right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's there has to be this idea of like really having a relationship with whatever. Whatever, whether you call it God, whether you call it higher power, whether you call it Buddha, whether you call whatever, it's like your relationship with that entity. Or for me, I feel like when I'm reaching toward that, all of those walls, all of that identity just, you know, it just washes over it. There are no, it's like, it's just above it all, you know? So it's like, but, but, but it's hard because there are spiritual spaces and spiritual people who are not um, above that, uh, like living close. I don't, I don't living into that, I guess. I don't know. It just, yeah. I feel like real spirituality allows you to live beyond those um, identities and just be you um, more. I don't more authentically, I guess. Because well, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I, you're, you're right. The, the church is far from perfect. And um, that's, I mean, and some churches are great. Like, no, all churches are great. Their initial intent is great. Right. It's it's the, but all people are are broken. Mm. We're all broken in some capacity. So when a whole bunch of broken people get together, you know, hurting people hurt people. No matter under what covering it is, under a church covering, under work covering, under a family covering, whatever it is. And so we got to start to work through that brokenness. And, yeah. and brokenness looks a lot of different ways. And I think that's why it's so important that we understand who we are, uh, who our creator is, and that we're each unique, that we're each unique. Yeah. You're right. We are each unique. And, and my purpose and perspective is going to be different than yours, and that's by design. Mm-hmm. And, but only in the, in the opportunity to allow us to be different is where we're going to find that love and that kindness and that acceptance. At the end of the day, I believe that if we seek for something bigger than ourselves, we're going to find it. And if we right. seek the position of the creator, the potential that's within us, we're going to find it. Yeah. And so that's that's my hope is that you and I can continue to grow in that because we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And that the folks around us that can glean anything from anything that we may have said may find the courage to take a step towards mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah. And I mean, I find it really helpful. Like, for folks who are listening, like you guys are helping, <laughs> like Absolutely, you're helping a lot. <laughs> us too. Like it's just encouraging, and I don't know. It just it's just really great that we can have um, this connection with people um, in the way that we are. I don't know. It's just been a really beautiful experience. I know we're we're running on um, low on time. I think we have just a few more minutes. So okay, I did want to. Did you want to read Kimberly's? I think it's a comment. I think it's just a comment. Yeah. Um, Kimberly says, I truly appreciate all the perspective here, 
I'll continue to love and support and let them both know that if or when they want to share that I'm on their side to help. I have to run. Love you both. Thank you so much, Kimberly. We'll be praying for you and for your family that um, they're, they'll continue to grow together. And um, if this and when this comes up, that it'll be something that they can embrace and uh, grow stronger as a family together. Yeah. One of the things that kind of came to mind, too, is that I think there are things that family members can do to kind of signal to mm-hmm. the people in their life that they see them um, without saying, I see you. Um, and so, I, I mean, whether that's like going to a pride event or sharing something on social media that's affirming or, you know, I mean, I think I think we see these sorts of things um, and that that might be a way of just kind of signaling or even kind of like being able to like really start to have some of those conversations with, you know, like, like maybe maybe the sister has a family member they can talk to about it or something like that. And that can begin to open it up. But um, mm-hmm. I think there can be little signaling that people can do just to let folks know that I, I see you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Awesome. Especially yesterday was national coming out day. So um, oh, it was, I didn't, <laughs> it, I didn't know that. It was. Uh, so I guess it ended up being, you know, a little bit of our conversation today was just, um, mm-hmm. it, it was a great conversation. Um, Thanks so much for doing this with me again. Oh, it's my it's my pleasure. I don't feel like I know very much, but I'm willing to share what I know, and I'm trying to learn and grow. And like I said, be be able to be more loving and kind to the people around me. Yeah. All right. Well, I want I want to say thank you to all of our listeners who are listening to us live, and for folks who are um, listening to us on a podcast. Um, thank you. All. Please continue to check us out. Um, you know, we're here every ten thirty. 10.30 a.m. every Monday, Pacific Standard Time. Um, and then um, we do upload on the podcast, usually by noon, uh, Pacific Standard Time. I try to do that pretty quick for folks. Um, so you can kind of plan on that as well. So um, you all take care and have a great have a great weekend. And I'm going to play one of our little new uh, outros. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. Splinter Grace Podcast is brought to you by a queer chaplain. Follow us on all of our social media, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at a queer chaplain. Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, comment, like, and share. Feel free to tip us at Venmo, Bonnie Violet, and support monthly on Patreon. The song is original by Stephen Sandnoff, The Chasm Between Us. Rest in peace, Stephen. How's it going? Bonnie Viley here. I'm a trans femme, genderqueer, spiritual drag artist, and digital chaplain. And in case you didn't know, I could really use your support. Engage, rate, subscribe, follow, comment, share this episode, book me to keynote, panel, guest, on your show, or officiate your wedding or memorial, in or out of drag, collaborate, join the team, be a guest, make a pitch, sponsor an episode, join my Patreon, send me a tip on Venmo or PayPal, just do something. Thank you so much for your continued support. 
check out the links in the description. 